Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 450. This week on the podcast, it's the Speaker Votathon. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. And Happy we New Year! Are back, Happy New Year. We just finished what is—I know it's only the first week of the year, but it's also going to be the most exciting political week of the year. It's the only week of the year that you will have spent upwards of five hours watching C-SPAN. I'll tell you that, <laughs> unless something really off the rails happens. I know, but we're of course referring to. The GOP coming into House leadership with a bang, and the excitement of a full week of speaker votes in an effort to get just the Speaker of the House set up in there so that they could get some climate control in the House chambers. Because without a speaker, you can't even control the temperature of the House chambers. That's. Yeah. And I will say there was one question that was going around the Internet that I want to ask before we get into any discussion about this, which is the first thing that the House Republicans did was they removed the metal detectors from the uh, house chamber doors. And I and a lot of people on the internet were asking if there was no speaker and they couldn't even control the the temperature of the house chambers, whose authority did they they do do that that under? Right. That's the real question we're all asking ourselves, especially now that it turns out the crazies have gotten crazier. So there's a good (laughs) chance that someone's packing heat on the house floor. And given how much the republicans hate each other right now i would think that they would be among the first people that would want metal detectors in the house chambers <laughs> i was gonna say yeah they almost came to fisticuffs so they almost came to fisticuffs yeah. um we have a couple of things we're going to cover before we get into the nitty-gritty of the speaker vote um but don't worry most of this podcast will be covering that because <laughs> frankly it's been the holidays you should have been vacationing and not reading the news and right. we're gonna tell you everything that you should have retained from the news <laughs> Right now. The yeah. first being that you probably have COVID. <laughs> How many podcasts have we started that way? Too many. I know. But this <laughs> well, is you like had a, a really... COVID scare. I'm like on the tail end of or the beginning or the middle or right. something. Rents uh, in is, some part is, of a COVID that scare. That is either COVID or not COVID. I don't think it is because I've taken like three negative rapid tests. But are those working anymore? We don't know. No, we don't know anything. <clears throat> everyone has it. Everyone's yeah, spreading it. You had it. a scare. I had a scare where I... And I acted like it was... 2021 when I had my scare and I was just like, okay, I'm going to quarantine. I was in the same place that I was the the last time I had COVID, which is at my aunt's house. Uh, The two of us are old COVID quarantiners. (laughs) We've quarantined many a day. Um, And so we just buckled down for the week after we had a COVID scare. And it turns out that a lot of people had a COVID scare on New Year's Eve as we did and chose to proceed as if nothing had happened and are now spreading COVID <laughs> far and wide to everyone they know. Right. So yeah. that's some fun times for all of us. There's a new variant out there, as there always is. Right. This new variant. I. Where are we in the Greek alphabet now? I don't know. Can we return to the Greek alphabet? Because now we're at like XBB2. Like, I know. It's getting to be like having to remember a new phone number every time. Well, I think that we should just start coming up with names for them like we do with the, uh, the, the hurricanes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, COVID Maria, COVID yeah. Ivan, co- whatever. It's yeah. that way we'll we know where o- we, we can are. Start over, we can start over each year. Yeah, I totally agree because it's getting to the point. It's it's clear that the Greek alphabet system has broken down. We're now <laughs> in Omicron land. We're going to be, Omicron is the winning variant now. So we now know they made it to Omicron and that's where we got in the alphabet. And now all of these are sub variants of Omicron. You got to come up with a new system at that point. we're not going to be able to move forward in the Greek alphabet. And there's no sub alphabet of the Greek alphabet. It's not like we can move forward with like the lowercase alphabet of the Greek alphabet or something. We should have a system that's a little bit more, you know, (laughs) it's a little more adaptable, a little more. (laughs) Yeah. We should have a system where we don't have to keep keep coming up with these names. That's the system we should have. Yeah. Well, a system that. The best system would be one a, a where... healthcare system, maybe one might <laughs> call it, refer to it as actually. That's the system I'm thinking of. Yeah, a public but... health system would be the system. <laughs> right, there you go. Yes. Right. A mask system. Um, but in system. the absence of that, we got to have a different naming system at the very least. And that's something that we could do 
while continuing to take no precautions and living our lives open. <laughs> I'm just saying, if which you're somebody- Which is what we're going to do. That's what we're Which is what we're going to do. If you're somebody who believes that because of freedom, you have to be able to freely <laughs> cough on everyone, no matter what your health situation is, then yeah. you are also someone who could, has the time and energy and, you know, yeah. probably will have a lot of time spent being sick in bed to think about this, this yeah. um, to, to help us brainstorm on this, on this yeah. conundrum. Also, if you're a person who thinks that it's your, you know, f American freedom right to be coughing on people, you're also probably um, a member of Congress. <laughs> yes, too true. Because as we are going to discuss in a little bit, the one thing that we learned from the speaker vote is seemingly every member of Congress has COVID currently. It was like cough city in there. And because we were all watching C-SPAN instead of talking head news where everyone, you know, yammers over every yeah. quiet moment, you could just hear coughing freely echoing through the halls of Congress at every moment of the speaker vote palooza. Yeah. It was, it's, it was for sure a super spreader event. I'm convinced now that because Congress has decided we don't have COVID anymore, that no one is going to announce when they get COVID. And so um. it's going to turn out that everyone got COVID at the speaker vote. And then also no one's going to tell us about it. It's going to just be rumored on the internet for <laughs> people are going to people yeah. are going to go dark for a few days and we're going to be like, they must have COVID, but we're never going to yeah. talk about it. Um, um, also, you may have been traveling because it's the holidays. Hopefully, right. you know, it's the eighth now as we record this. So hopefully you're still not sleeping in an airport. That's right. Um, but we have no way uh, of knowing that given how far the breakdown of our but transportation system. If you are still sleeping in an airport or had to sleep in an airport or just had to be delayed in any sort of way, I want you to know who to blame. And besides the obvious, Southwest, certainly blame them. Blame a large corporation. I'm never here yeah. to argue with you getting mad at a giant corporation yeah. who is doing the least when they knew that they had these problems in the first place that they should have fixed, right? right. I mean, they, they, they knew. The airline but, industry, more broadly speaking, is largely behind some of the staff shortages that they are now suffering from because they were the ones who lobbied to end all of the health protections that were keeping their staff safe uh, yeah. and allowing them to attend work. Yeah, but, right, exactly. But I also want you to know that the person who can fix this, who can force the corporations to fix it, right. because what we do know is that they're not going to voluntarily do it, right? Okay. This is it's not what they do. That's not that America, person, you guys. That person is Pete Buttigieg. And I saw a lot of people you know, obviously getting angry with him on the internets and then a lot of people rushing to his defense because they like how he gets sassy on Fox News every once in a while and, and say things like, well, what is he supposed to do? He's just, you know, like, well, he's he's the sole regulator of the airline industry. That's what That's he's right. supposed to do. That's it's him. If you want anything to be done in the airline industry, you have to talk to Pete Buttigieg. So and people have, by the way, and he's been ignoring them. You know, Sanders wrote his office a letter like back in June when all of the Southern uh, summer uh, the cancellations were happening with summer travel. And, you know, you might think that that's just Sanders being an old crank and maybe partly. But, you know, I think it was like the next month it was uh, Letitia James sent him a letter. And then not long after that, like something like 38 uh, state attorney generals sent him a, a letter that was signed by Democrats and Republicans just recently after all, everything went down, a, a bunch of House Democrats and not like the progressive caucus either. I saw right. Julia Brownlee on the list of people, by the we way. We know she's favorite, not progressive. Our favorite congressman, and she's not progressive at all. She's only, I didn't know she did anything other than send harassing emails. Send fundraising letters, yeah. Um, also asking his office to do something. So his office could be doing something. <laughs> and they've been informed at this point that there's a problem. Yeah, they've been if informed. If you're wondering if he just hasn't heard yet from enough people, because a lot of the times they, they'll be all Diane Feinsteining their way around being like, well, we just haven't heard anything about yeah. the problem. Yeah, he's heard. He's heard. He knows. He's been informed. Yeah. Yeah. And they and then I, I also saw some people be like, well, they did do some airline fines after those those summer ones. And it was all um, foreign airlines. <laughs> they, I they have a suspicion American that I know why he hasn't been doing his job. And I think it's well, he because he's a random yeah. guy who doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, he doesn't know how. That's the thing. This is what yeah. happens when you, you know, fill a, a giant federal agency you know, or have it run by a mayor of a small town who had to have dominoes right. fix the potholes for him. Right. This is like if Brent or I were in, put in the cabinet and then we then were in charge of regulating an industry we'd never heard of before. Because right. I wouldn't say South Bend, Indiana is uh, just over 
overflowing with airplane with airplane landings and other <laughs> air travel related conundrums like no this isn't i don't no. even i don't even know what the right word for that would be which is a sign that i too would not be qualified to run the uh agency that pete Buttigieg is now in charge of but um he is the transportation secretary of the united states so he is yeah. someone that had to learn those and look maybe he didn't want that job which is fine. Nobody does. Like, you ha- you have it. So right <laughs> now you have to do it. Or That's try and figure too it true. Out. Anyway, it couldn't be true. So be mad at him. Just forever. And always, always be mad. Always. <laughs> if there's an acronym that I can pull out of this, yeah. it's yeah. something. It's there's a there's a what would Jesus do version of the always be mad at Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> that I just yes. haven't thought it. I haven't worked it yeah. out yet. It's not always yeah. be mad at. I'm gonna think of a more clever way to say it, and yeah, we're gonna get back do. to it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have um, merch soon. Yeah, we'll have merch soon. And oh yeah, I almost took a um I almost became an inspirational influencer earlier today on the train mm. while I texted yeah. Brent a number of inspirational sayings <laughs> that I don't remember any of. But I we were know. gonna make a million dollars and then we both forgot about it. In any case, yep. let's talk about the speaker vote. <laughs> let's do it. So we need to set the stage a little bit because you might wonder to yourself, why have I never watched a speaker vote before? And the answer is because normally it happens in the first second that Congress is in session. The yeah. votes are already whipped. Everyone's already aware of what their plan is. A few people who have raised issues during the primary and general election process about how they don't want to vote for Nancy Pelosi or they don't want to vote for John Boehner, or they don't want whatever. That's all been sorted. The numbers have been counted and they show up on the first day. They take this quickie vote where they all hang out in the chamber together looking fun. And then they mm-hmm. go and get sworn in on various books of various persuasions and then they post on the internet and throw a party at their office i have been to congress on the first day of session that is the 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 offices are just they've they're laying out the catering waiting for this fun ceremonial thing to happen so that everyone's sworn in they can take a picture and then they can go meet their donors because that's really what the first day is all about yeah that is not yeah. What transpired this time. No, and I think that's like the that's the that's the big question, I think, ultimately, like at the core of what went down here, because like, look, there's a lot of people who are remain upset with the squad for not pulling something like this in 2020 with Nancy Pelosi because they said they weren't going to vote for her. And I go back and forth on that because like this was obviously sort of embarrassing. But like, I think they also would have been people who would have eventually taken yes for an answer after they had been offered something. Yes. Um, but Regardless, it really does make you wonder what Kevin McCarthy and his staff and his vote counters have been up to for like the last two and a half months. Uh, I think that what they've been up to is glad handing their friends (laughs) and then pretending to take a hard line against these fringe right wing people that scare them, even though all of them are insurrectionists together and then showed up having not, as it turned out, learn to count to the number five, which Uh, Steve Kornacki was happy to describe the number five Uh, to them all week, literally all week. And I even got a text message from our former guest on the podcast, Sasha Mizell, who was like, I know I don't hate Steve Kornacki as much as you do, but I really don't need him to explain the number five to me any longer (laughs) because he spent, they, they got him out so that he could like explain the vote count to everyone. And it was like all week, all he was doing was just describing what the number five is. (laughs) on television to everyone at one point i watched him and chris hayes have a full five minute conversation about the difference between the number four and the number five so all i'm saying is that information was freely available to anyone in the republican party who (laughs) deigned to switch for five minutes to msnbc and yet it seemed as though their ability to count both two and past the number five was in some way challenged by this experience because i get it like it it was funny because it started with a smaller number and then it grew and then it grew back down. And then in the very end, and we're going to take you through the whole thing. But at the very end, there was actually like a misunderstanding about what the number five really means and is. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a math problem that they yeah. ended up coming up against. And yeah. then and then and only then after the most embarrassing possible outcome had it, could that could have ever happened happened. Only then did they learn how to count to five. Yeah. So and we should also note to set the stage that because there was no speaker and there was no climate control and there was no any of the other things, there was also no one telling C-SPAN when to turn off the cameras. So C-SPAN was doing the people's work in a way that they have never done before. And because of that, C-SPAN 
was really the most exciting network that you could watch in yeah. this situation. And that has never happened once in history. C-SPAN <laughs> couldn't be more boring most of the time and also could not yeah. be more like a lot of the time they're uh, at the speaker's request. They turn the cameras off when the house is well, that's what like I was gonna meandering say. around. Know, the Republicans have been talking about like how they, you know, they're these, you know, the the 20 who'd been voting against McCarthy kept talking about how they wanted to, you know, like democratize the the house further, right? They want to be able to take more votes and vote on single issue things and have debates and blah, 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 blah. If they really want to democratize the house of representatives, then they should continue to let those C-SPAN cameras roam around everywhere. That's right. Because C-SPAN was showing us all sorts of glorious things. They were showing us Katie Porter reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck in the middle of all of this. They were showing us AOC being approached by both Paul Gosar and Matt Gates at various points to try to figure out what the Democratic strategy was, which was, by the way, just to continue to vote for Keem Jeffries over and over again in the yeah. exact same numbers. Yeah. Um, Paul Gosar, by the way, the one who tried to get AOC assassinated on Twitter. That's correct. <laughs> um, they also at one point showed Matt Gates having a long and kind of animated uh, conversation with Sheila Jackson Lee. On, on Friday, in the middle of the vote breakdown, yeah, what, what were they talking about? I, I couldn't possibly know. It showed also, it was great because you could see who was sitting with who. You could see that George Santos began the week with no friends and then mm -hmm. over the course of the week realized that in order to make friends, he'd need to be more uh, sort of theatrically a white supremacist. Right, and so but, by the right. end of the week, he was flashing a white supremacist hand signal, but he was also sitting with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie so Taylor he did Green. make a friend. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all thanks to C-SPAN that we know that. Yep. If, well, if C-SPAN continued to operate in this way, we would also have a market for lip readers that we don't currently have. There'd be a whole economy totally. that would, that would uh, emerge out of that because yeah. all week we were all trying to like follow along with what you know various <laughs> members of Congress were talking about amongst themselves. And that was kind of glorious. Yeah. In any case, so it begins with McCarthy coming in and being like, I don't have the votes at the very beginning of the week. Right. And he was knew. right. Yeah. And that was because the number was so far above five that they didn't even have to bother counting it at a certain point. It was everyone. They continued to call votes as people kept trying to put up other people for the speaker job. So like, yeah. you know, Jim Jordan's people kept trying to put up Jim Jordan, who doesn't want the job. And he knows how shitty a job it is because he's the one making it so shitty. Right. So and he was no voting for informed. Kevin McCarthy. He I was, believe, and then at he? one point he, yeah, at one point he was who um, proposed Kevin McCarthy. Or, or not, not nominated proposed, McCarthy. I yeah. nominated Kevin McCarthy in the first place. Like they, they kept trying to come up with new splashy nominators. Mm -hmm. I know because yeah. they were running out of things to try. I guess so. People, so Jim Jordan kept getting votes from his buddies, but then he kept, then he nominated uh, McCarthy at various points, and then they kept changing their minds about who the other non uh kevin mccarthy people they were going to nominate were at various yeah. points matt gates kept trying to nominate and vote for trump for yeah. speaker because as we all learned you don't have to be a member of the house of representatives to be speaker no nope. um and then they got uh real excited because they were going to appoint the first black speaker yeah they rolled just with deployed. byron donalds for a long time yes Byron Donalds was, for the whole middle of the week, was their alt choice. That was, was just a ploy for them to talk um, excitedly about how uh, diverse and wonderful America is. But it was mostly just because Hakeem Jeffries actually would right. have been the first black speaker. It was also a great opportunity for them to talk about how they don't see color. <laughs> yes, they did. They both talked. They, they nominated him by talking endlessly about how he was black. And then as yeah. soon as they had nominated him, congratulated, congratulated themselves for not seeing color. <laughs> right. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> I believe there were there were some other great nominating speeches. Um, one of them claimed that Democrats had been drinking in the chamber. Right. Uh, which it, it seems like maybe somebody was. <laughs> somebody was, and it doesn't sound like it was Democrats actually, no. because we have an actual firsthand report of a Republican drinking on the floor from That's a right. fellow Republican congressperson. So we'll get to that right. in a second, but. Um, yeah. So there was, and, and then I also there was like a thing going around that was also from the Republicans that the Democrats were eating popcorn, and the internet got very confused about whether to take that literally or whether that was like a reference because they were watching this like a movie. I and think so, they were taking popcorn in though, weren't they? No, they. What maybe it was, was maybe it was after they said that that some of the Democrats then yes, photographed. They started doing popcorn. photo. Okay, yes, because Ted okay, Lieu right. took a photograph of himself 
outside of his office with popcorn uh. after they said that the Democrats were taking in popcorn. And mm. so that got confused on the internet because Reddit got involved. And mm. you just never know what's going to happen once Reddit gets involved. You want to know what else was crazy that we got to see with the cameras was that all of their family was there because they were waiting to get sworn yes. in. <laughs> so you're like seeing somebody give like a very animated speech and then their like sad teenage daughter is sitting behind them like being like, like give me the hell out of this place. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's because normally for the for the um, House speaker vote and then the swearing in, people are allowed because there's no official members of the of the House yet. People are allowed to bring their family members onto the floor for that. And so yeah. they all had their families with them for days. And then yeah. there was drama because some of the, you know, one of them had, was having a preemie baby and then one of them had to get surgery. They were all oh, sorts yeah. of One of their dramas. wives, I think, had just died or mothers or something and like had to be. Uh, no, somebody missed his like, mother's funeral. Were... There was a Republican yeah. who missed his mother's funeral because McCarthy fucked up on Thursday and didn't get the vote. Yeah. And uh, that was among the many people who ha- he was among the many people who had to fly back at the last minute in order to get to Friday's vote when McCarthy claimed that they for sure definitely had it this time. And then <laughs> right. we proceeded to watch the most amazing hour of television that has ever been broadcast Beyond. live. While and it was Friday he, night, and thank God I didn't have anything else to do. I, I mean, I, I was mean, pushing off starting the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race. So that was a banner night of television, by the way, right. Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, thank God that we don't have more exciting lives, because we could have well, missed that whole hour of television. Yeah, I know. Um, I stayed up till 1.30 in the morning just watching it unfold, because <laughs> after the first vote failed, I was just like, this is too riveting for me to turn off. Because basically, so Kevin McCarthy on Friday, after four days of them just like voting endlessly and like multiple times a day they're up to 13 votes by the time they get to friday right uh, afternoon friday afternoon and in the the first the first vote on friday after they had broke on thursday they they he finally moved a lot of votes yes so there's like a vote where finally we go from like having 21 no votes on him to more like seven so it's like, yeah. oh, my God, they're actually doing it. But this is yeah. the 13th vote. It's Friday. It's on the anniversary of January 6th. And they're <laughs> like, we're going to come back later this afternoon and we're going to finish yeah. this up. Kevin he McCarthy. Walked, right. He walked in there in. later. And it was in the evening. It was like, yes. wasn't it like 7 o'clock there to, or their no, time? No, it or was something? at or, or, 10 o'clock. No, no, 10 o'clock their time. time. 7 o'clock my time. It was yeah, because 10 I was o'clock on the West Coast. East Coast time. They yeah. come back. He's giving all these quotes to you know to to news on the way right. in about how confident he is. We got it. This this process is how we finally learned to govern. They're already starting to spin. You know, they're starting oh, to yeah, talk about talking, how important yeah, was this was for the process. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. He comes in and then we watch one by one as so Matt Gates misses his vote. Like, he's not in the chamber when his name is called. And so he's going to vote at the end, which is, of course, his plan, because he's a drama person, and yeah. he just wanted to be the head, the, the center of all the drama. So yeah. we get, we, we watch this vote occur. The votes all take, like, an hour. They take far too long. You have to call all 435 members' names. It's excru- yeah. excruciating, and it also is a, it's interesting because now it's, like, I found out that, like, all the Millers are Republicans. Like, there's certain names that are more Republican <laughs> than other names, and I'm, like, kind of curious about that. In any case... So they get to the very end. And what they needed in order to get McCarthy over the finish line was either for one of the seven holdouts to vote for McCarthy themselves. Because at the very beginning, Bobert votes present. She gets a huge round of applause. Everyone's like, we've done it. We've made it. Then yeah. four people proceed to vote for Biggs, who's their newest new candidate du jour. Yeah. Um, and then, so we're waiting and waiting and waiting because at the very end, what we realize is that Matt Gates has to vote for McCarthy, a thing he said he will never do in order yeah. for McCarthy to win. And McCarthy's still sitting there with that shit-eating grin on his face, just like waiting for his glory. Yeah. And then Matt Gates votes present. Yeah. And they needed either three present votes, and they only got two, or yeah. they needed someone to vote for McCarthy, which no one, none of the holdouts did. But, yeah. you know, they were well, down to six where, holdouts. Right. Well, and this is where I think that they really did actually very literally screw up the counting. Yes, because I think that they I, don't, one, didn't understand because, the math. Yeah, because one of those, although maybe not, though, because, like, those people could have changed their votes, I guess. And then well, they I didn't. do think and that all they, of them are because, like Donald Trump in the sense that they are just responsive to the last person they spoke to. So I believe that there were promises yeah. made, and then maybe they talked to each other, so and then they because, forgot. Yeah, because honestly, I think I can't imagine that anybody, unless 
unless Gates said that he was going to vote for McCarthy, which I sort of There's can't no imagine way. that he did. There's no way he did. That leads me to believe that they had either A, miscounted, or one of the other people who voted for Biggs had told McCarthy that they were going to vote present. I have a theory about what happened. Please. Which is that there were too many people at that point whipping votes for McCarthy and oh. that they got confused amongst themselves about who was pres- a present vote and who was a Biggs vote. That and they started, te- they started telling them the wrong thing. So I think that there were probably people <laughs> in that group who told one of the McCarthy whips that they would vote right. present and one of them that they would vote Biggs. And then no one really knew what was going to happen. And I also think, though, that as it was happening, they were also confident that they had counted correctly, that no one was paying enough attention, because at the very end, it took them an excruciatingly long time to figure out what had happened. No, I think you're right. It was a very Mr. Magoo-style situation. I think I saw Kevin McCarthy answer a banana at one point instead of his phone. Um, (laughs) Like, I mean, it was seriously... We saw McHenry, one of his like sort of uh, his top lieutenants, McCarthy's top lieutenants, like in an animated discussion with Matt Gates to the very end of that vote. At which yeah. at various points they looked angry, they looked happy, they were they looked like they were going to hug, they looked like they I know were we kept each texting other, each like, other, and we were like, "What is?" We're, people were trying to read body language. They had, <laughs> CNN had body language experts all of a sudden, like on the you know, yes, I mean, and like, like he's sitting next to Bobert. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are on different sides of this. And because of that, she's not hanging with her crew. So that's what well, they hate each other. They're dynamic. feuding with each they're, other, they're, which is delightful. They're feuding. Now, it's a delight, but also it meant that Marjorie Taylor Greene couldn't be with her BFF Matt Gates during all of this because mm. he was part of the present vote committee. And so a lot of complicating factors going on here. But we see McHenry and McHenry looks like he stepped out of like 1942 with a bow tie. He, you yeah. know, he looks like Colonel Sanders, but like. He, he looks like an anachronism in the shot. So like, it's a funny shot anyway, because it looks like MTV's Beavis and like Colonel Sanders are like in an argument, like a lot is going on. Um, and then at the very end, Matt Gates votes present. And then there's just like a weird silence as we all stare at our thumbs. Because at this point, we're all watching C-SPAN because it's so exciting. And when you watch CNN and MSNBC, they talk over the best parts. Oh, I had CNN on. <laughs> had CNN on. I, I switched finally to CNN in the middle of that because I was like, yeah. maybe they'll tell me what's going on. And I switched just in time to hear every single one of them go, so we don't really know what's going on. And I was like, fuck <laughs> it, we're going back to, to C-SPAN. Um, but uh, we wait like an excruciatingly long time. We hear the Democrats, Democrats start to shout, close the vote. So... There was, yeah. you know, because there's always an opportunity for people to change their votes before the votes. Well, vote. and th- well, and this is when during that opportunity, that's when Kevin McCarthy gets up. Yes. To try and walks back, and he, we have not seen that all week. We have not seen him. No. he was directly interfacing the on the House floor, speak with any guy. of the people. Right, he never said one word to any of the people who voted were voting against him. Any of those twenty all week, and so then he yep. gets back there and like just like you know walked with purpose walked with purpose a better way to said say something toward pointed Matt Gates. yes towards Matt Gates. and they went back a little bit they pointed at each other for a little bit and that is when what was his name Mike Rogers Mike Rogers, Mike Rogers who's from Alabama uh a congressman lunged at Matt Gates and had to be pulled off of him there's great yeah. pictures I'm sure that you've seen them all already um yeah and then just like it was chaos all hell broke loose. And that was apparently about conversations they'd been having about, I think, the Armed Services Committee. Like, Matt, Mike Rogers was upset about something very specific that was not him fucking up the vote, but about a promise that had been made about the Armed Services Committee to Gates or something. It was like something inside baseball that wasn't even that interesting. Um, and then after all of that, all hell breaks loose. They finally announced the vote. And then the second Mr. Magoo situation breaks out where they decide whether or not they're going to vote to adjourn. It is McHenry himself who proposes that they adjourn. And then in the middle of the adjourning adjournment vote, they get a deal from Gates and have to have everyone switch their votes. But it was after the right. And but they had to like officially switch their votes because that vote had also closed. Yes. Right. No. You know, there's like a there's a time after the vote has theoretically. They were going to adjourn. Right. They were going to adjourn adjourn until Monday. And um, then suddenly at the very end, we start seeing all of these people start switching their votes from the Republican side, because, of course, the Democrats were like, let's vote all night. This is embarrassing. The more times we do it. Um, And so suddenly, (laughs) suddenly we have to sit through another vote during which they finally got all of the holdouts to vote present. But 
One wonders whether they had at any point gathered all of them into one place to ask, are you all voting present? Or like, I feel like what happened was they had different people speaking to different people. All of the holdouts had their own weird bullshit reasons for holding out. So they were negotiating independently with a lot of them. And then they just lost count of what was going on. But (laughs) it like I one of the there were a lot of great uh sort of hot mic moments because of C-SPAN, but there was also a great CNN hot mic moment <laughs> where right after McCarthy said that they finally had the votes and was, you know, went in with some inspirational saying about how they finally learned to govern, CNN caught Aaron, Bur- we think it was Aaron Burnett, it was definitely Aaron Burnett, but we think, yeah. we don't know for sure, um, saying, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was in regards to that, um, what's his name, uh, Rogers who lunged at, um, who lunged at Gates? One of his fellow Congress people, um, Tim Tim Burkett of Tennessee, oh, yeah. Burkett, who was sitting yeah. was sitting next to Gates at the time that Rogers lunged at him, uh, said in an interview later to CNN, he said, "People shouldn't be drinking, especially when you're a redneck on the House floor." <laughs> <laughs> you guys. And meanwhile, the he's, are he's from a Tennessee. Mess. <laughs> a mess. So, like, don't come for the Alabama redneck dude from I know. Tennessee. <laughs> Well, he would know. He's a hillbilly, though, maybe from Tennessee, not a redneck. Yeah. A- he would know. He would know what the problem is with rednecks drinking, probably. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my In any case, God. it was, I would say, one of the most glorious weeks of television, if you're a pundit, oh, that I'm, has ever. I know. And for anybody who has ever been a political commentator on television, also, you really got, you know, you got your paychecks in last week. You got I that mean, coin. You were, that were was, working around the clock last week. It does. I, I'm i going to propose, however, that the people who most need Steve Kornacki at this moment, I, every time I switched to MSNBC, I got angry because MSNBC was running it like an election results thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I and, mean, so is CNN sort of. No, too, but. CNN did not bring anyone on to explain the le- to true. like whip vote, to explain the vote count. Like, they, Steve Kornacki being on MSNBC specifically to explain for the 15th time the same people not voting for McCarthy was yeah. a maddening experience because they would give him a lot of airtime and he had nothing to say because he was like, yeah, they don't they need they can't lose five and there's more than five. I, I don't. So at a certain point, he just started getting really poetic about the number five. And that was not news to anyone. No. Nobody needed that. Except the Fox News crowd, who yeah. apparently is part of a party that can't figure out how to uh, whip votes in a numerically correct way. Um, yeah. Anyway, all the members finally got sworn in late Friday night. All week, though, we were wondering, like, are they going to get paid? Are their staffs getting paid? Like, I know. Well, and it's happen? really weird to me that they don't do that first. And I understand that's like the speaker that's swearing them in. But like considering like the consequences of like how all of those votes were going down, like when you sat there and thought about the fact that like they weren't really like they were only like congress people elects it's kind of weird well it's weird but also i heard somebody point out that it's not the swearing in that makes them their 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 elections are certified the term has started sure. it's not their swearing in that makes yeah. them congress people it's sure. their swearing in that begins the term but they are still representatives of the people got it so okay. well, i think it's sense, I guess. yeah i think it's yeah. more sort of like I mean, I don't know. These rules are fake and we made them up anyway. Yeah. So like who all the rules are fake. All that all the rules that the house operates by, all the procedures are not only made up, but they're not in the constitution. Yeah. Yeah, right. One thing like, I want to say before we talk about like what's in the potential deal that McCarthy made and like look, we don't have to go and relitigate force the vote like everybody on Twitter is doing right now. But one thing that I do want to say, because I think it's like sort of important, is that, you know, the Democrats vote in a block. They, they you know, it was 212 and they were all making a really big show of it, including some of the members who they should remember that they were sent there to specifically not do that. And I'm not saying yeah. I, don't, I know who they should have voted for instead. I'm not saying maybe they should have voted president or, or present or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, like, but AOC, you know, going on TV talking about how, like how all 12 Dem- 212 Democrats voted, you know, in line behind Jeffries, who, by the way, actively hates, hates her, her and everyone uh, yeah. is not the flex that she thinks that it is yeah. because she herself 
most certainly running against somebody who was in de- Democratic leadership, uh, you know, Joe Crowley, to, yeah. you know, win her seat in the first place. That's not what she was sent there to do. And it's not what she herself said that she was going to do once she got there. Yeah. So I think that, like, again, I don't have the answer for what she should have been doing here in this scenario. But I, what I would like her to do is to have a moment of reflection. <laughs> That's what I want her to I do. I suspect that what happened was that she was specifically asked by leadership to serve that role because they knew that that would create the impression I'm that there sure was a she huge was, amount of unity. Like, tell no, I'm not saying, I'm not, to like eat shit. And like, that, I'm I, I just, just saying that I think that maybe um, that, that I think that that was her opportunity to negotiate. So I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying like, I, right. she you're saying that asked, she said, I will do this if I can get something later. I would have said, yeah, if I'm in that position and I'm being asked to vote for Hakeem Jeffries, who has, vociferously and aggressively maligned my wing of the party and figures like me personally over the course yeah. of many years in an effort to get to this position. Yeah. I say, and maybe this happened. I don't, you know, I don't know what yeah, was going no, on behind closed doors either. Yeah. Right. I know, you know, I know that you don't say no to Nancy Pelosi when she asks you to do something because she's fucking scary. So like, I get that they are in a different position than the Republicans were in where no one is in charge. And it's right. just like the inmates running the asylum all over the place. But I also think that that her her value as a public figure gives her an opportunity to do that, even in the minority um, when she's asked to serve this role, because she was specifically asked, I'm sure, to be public about this because it creates the impression that the Democrats are absolutely in line with each other. And that's fine. I get that that was a goal that the Democrats had in this moment, knowing they weren't going to have the speaker. They needed to make the Republicans look like fools. They did. Great. That, though, is an opportunity for members of the squad who are incredibly valuable when it comes to uh, sort of showcasing that unity uh, to ensure that that unity actually includes them. And I hope that that is what she was doing when she did that. Fair. Because I think, you know, like with anything, the the public version of what is going on with the Democrats is not the private version of what's going on with the Democrats. No, that's true. There were there were people on the left who were mad at Katie Porter for doing that stunt with the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And then everyone else thought it was funny. Like there's you never there's never the right answer. But I do feel like watching the far right be able to wield this kind of power individually, not even really as a group. They weren't organized. They were just individually disorganized (laughs) like (laughs) watching how effective that was just in terms of like halting things i'm not suggesting that that particular strategy is what the democrats should pursue because i think they should be smarter than that but i think they actually could present a voting block that has to be catered to that someone like hakeem jeffries who has gone on the record repeatedly as stating that he has no time for or interest in uh, would have to respond to in order to serve the role that they needed yeah. them to serve to, well, to a- provide that contrast with the Gateses of the world because yeah, I'm I understand that, why yeah. they wanted that. I'm you know. hoping that they had some. I'm hoping that they had some sort of conversation with him before they all decided to join this voting bloc because yes. they to to your I mean because they didn't even really need to vote for him right I mean like no exactly right this was a meaningless it's about thing. it's about the number this of people was a who were there so it's like they could right it was a symbolism right like I mean they I was I think at one point I told you like somebody needed to nominate Rashida to leave like just to right. make a fucking point but like perhaps you know I all I hope is that because I just feel like to a degree I don't feel like. And you're right. We don't know what they're doing behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem like based on what we have seen with our own eyeballs that they are maybe doing the type of posturing within their own party that I would want them to be doing. So I just hope that they did. Like if they voted for him and then got asked to go on television, I hope that they said, hi, can I have either a vote on something or can I have a can I be on, you know, whatever committee assignments is what I would go after in their case. um, so I just hope that they're doing yes, that. That's, I also that's suspect that Hakeem Jeffries um, right now is really wielding the power of Nancy Pelosi. So I don't think that he it's not like he himself was like engendering this kind of camaraderie. Nancy Pelosi was like standing in oh, the back yeah, watching everyone. Sure. It was terrifying to everyone. Hakeem Jeffries as a leader himself is unproven. And also he might prove to be a McCarthy-esque leader because of his tendency yeah, to say aggressive and rude things about the left. And I think... If he starts to posture that way as a leader, I want to see them go fucking apeshit. I don't, you know, like I can see why in this beginning moment, it was important to the Democrats to be like, look at these goons. 
we are nothing like this. We are governing. They are crazy. Like, whatever. But the moment, like, I, I don't think that they need to sacrifice, you know, 30% of the party in order to do that. And I think that Jeffries is somebody who could easily put them in a position of having to sort of like stand up for themselves um, and for their wing of the party. And that I hope that's where I want to see them take action. So like if they want to go on TV and brag about how like they all voted for Jeffries for this because the Republicans are such goons, fine, like do whatever. Um, the moment that he says something even mildly aggressive towards the left, though, I want to see them fucking slam him. I want, yeah. I you know, that's, I want to see them take those same, you know, news channel contacts and slam him because yeah. I feel like he's somebody who may need to learn where the line is in a way that Nancy Pelosi as the most terrifying lady on earth was able to skirt. Uh, and that I, that's going to be an evolving thing is all I'm saying. Like sure. I, that, this is the beginning of what could be an uncomfortable time in the democratic party. True. If they retain backbone, which I hope they will. I did love that. I was watching some of the coverage. I, I was watching um, AOC's Insta lives about what was going on. And honestly, she's never been cattier, and I loved it. <laughs> it was like the cattiest and sassiest I have ever seen her because it got late at night and everyone was bored and it was glorious. So yeah. do that, but on real television. Anyway, yes. what's in the deal? Because so the ongoing part of the story is who knows what McCarthy actually gave away to make this vote happen because he gave away a lot of things earlier in the week that he said he would never do. Such right. as, you know, they initially, he said that, so back in the Boehner days, you could have one single member call a vote of confidence on the House Speaker. And the Republicans changed that when Pelosi took power because of what happened to Boehner and speakers after him. The Republican Party had like a sort of shitty period. Um, and they were worried that they would get constant votes of confidence called and would not be able to govern. And so they changed the threshold to be much higher because that, that yep. was when this, this sort of ugly partisanship was really taking hold. So part of the demand package that these holdouts were asking for was to lower the number of members it takes to call a vote on the speaker, a vote of confidence on the speaker. Right. McCarthy to had initially, to, well, McCarthy had initially said he wasn't going to go below five. Five. Yeah. But we ended at one. Oh, yeah. No, he and gave they're them all pretending like it's a return, they... to, a return to tradition, but it's a tradition from a time where everyone wasn't a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be doing this daily. We're going to be taking speaker yeah. votes on the regular. For the rest of our lives. So here's what we're hearing about the concessions from the deal. And we don't know for sure what's in it because that's part of the mystique of all of this is we don't know <laughs> what exactly he promised in those final hours of negotiations. Yep. The most high-profile concessions were made earlier in the week, and they were... Uh, that he would insist that they, the House GOP present a budget that balances over 10 years, which caps discretionary spending at 2022 levels or lower, but also it hawks on the Armed Services and Appropriations Committees are not happy about this because some of the uh, spending increases that would then have to be curtailed in mm -hmm. an effort to revert to 2022 fiscal levels yeah, uh, include cuts to defense spending. <laughs> so <laughs> right. they want to basically trigger across the board cuts, but they forgot that across the board trucks also uh, across the board cuts also is across the board on defense. They were just hoping to cut school funding. You know, they didn't want to have to cut military funding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, though, to me. <laughs> Sounds great. The military also, portion, anyway. <laughs> I know. I was like, could we just, well, and especially with the second measure, because so there was another measure that was included, which is uh, Massey from Kentucky proposed, which is in the event of a looming shutdown, the House would pass a stopgap spending bill that includes 98% of current funding, but the automatic cuts would apparently, quote unquote, incentivize Congress to finish its work. What kind of plan is this? First of all, this is insane. Where does, what incentive does this give to spending hawks to negotiate? Right. And where are the cuts coming from in this proposal? Yep. Are those across the board? I don't know. Also, they're going to give know. conservatives more seats on the House Rules Committee, which means no bill that's not insane will ever make it to the floor. Right, because that's the committee that determines which ones do. Yeah. Also, though, Republicans have rightly pointed out that with this slim majority, they're not going to get anything passed that House conservatives aren't approving of anyway. So this might yep. mean nothing. And 
well, I think it's going to make it more difficult for bipartisan measures to make it to the floor. I also am sort of like, are they doing those anymore? I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm trying to think of things that like they could even pass in this house. Like, I mean, I just I literally I don't know what it is. Like if I proposed a bill right now. I don't actually know what it is. That was like, we all love puppies. Would that? I don't know. Like, I feel like there would be an issue. I, I know. So I say, so I don't even know what, who even cares who's on the House Rules Committee anymore? They're not going to pass anything. <laughs> no. Because no bill anything. that would get through that committee is ever going to get a yes vote in the Senate. It's, there might as well, it's just going to be show voting all day. It is. That's yes. show voting well, with, I mean, with votes. Everybody loves to do that. I mean, Democrats well, Democrats were doing that up a storm when they were, I was going right. to say, when they were sending things to Mitch McConnell. I mean, that, that, that Democratic Congress got a lot done. And it was just right. because, uh, they, None it, of was it was just going because anywhere. they could and they knew it wasn't going anywhere. Right. So no um, one has although, to I don't, carefully although consider. I don't even, I don't even know that like this Republican Congress is going to be able to pass messaging bills though, because no, I know what's, what do they, what do all 218 of them agree on? <laughs> well, and I really have some concerns actually about not, these aren't concerns for America because I think this makes America better. But a lot of the districts that are le- like when we think about how the House fell along Republican lines this time, the really the decisive factor was New York State's just like total ineptitude. Right. But a lot of those seats are seats that could easily be won back by Democrats if like one thinking person was in charge of Democratic leadership in New York State, which could happen anytime. Um, and I also think they're about to lose a seat anyway, because I would be, and I might eat my words, but I'd be pretty shocked if George Santos, A, stays in office, and B, that seat doesn't turn into a Democratic seat yeah. based on what happened here. So they're already going to be down a vote. I feel like the most vulnerable members that they have are not the Marjorie Taylor Greens of no, the world. No, they're fine. So they're fine. They're they're in Republican districts, and maybe the Marjorie Taylor Greens themselves don't get elected, but Republicans are retaining those seats. So mm-hmm. if you're Kevin McCarthy... And you're trying to get rid of this problem. I would think that sort of trying to play ball with the moderates would actually be how you would retain your majority. Because yeah. even though, you know, you make a bunch of promises to the crazies because they're crazy or whatever and you got to deal with yeah. them. But like the, the, the constituency that most matters to him as someone who wants to look like he expanded his majority and did not let it contract and die are these frontline seats that are yeah. held by moderates in districts that voted for Biden. And this is going to be a presidential year coming up. And they are likely to shift slightly in the Democratic direction, if not flip in the coming term. And there are at least 15 of those seats in the Republican Party right now that yeah. have to worry about that kind of a shift. And if the Republican Party is associated with complete ineptitude, but also just like moral lunacy. I know. Like what? No, I agree. This is a I, long game nightmare. It totally is. Yeah, I think if, if he... If I had advice for him, and he won't listen to me, but like, uh, what? yes, I think you're absolutely right. If he wants to sort of retain future majorities, I think he needs to sort of do some of these things that almost feel like faux populism, almost, like yeah. that he can get some a lot of his people on board with and maybe even some members of the left. I'm like, I feel like he could probably get a bill passed to stop... Uh, congressional members from stock trading. Yes. Um, you know, right. things like things like that, that like that might even also make it out of the Senate potentially. Um, I, I don't, I can't think of anything else specifically like that because they're, they're like, like when I think of things well, that like sound like populism to me, they're, they're not things that Republicans agree with. So it's like, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's some things like that, that you could maybe that feel like you're doing something sort of like, you know, for the people or against you know, corporate America or something or like that. Like, quote, and you unquote, can get corruption. Corruption, right. Fake corruption bills are, yeah. I think, where they could focus their efforts. Because as far as messaging so bills go, yeah. I, they should you could want peel off, to... You could peel yes. off some Democrats for those. And also, their goal right now should be to look like they can govern. And I have a suspicion that our next big drama is going to be the rules package, which means we're not even getting to the point where we govern because the rules package is just what you have to do before you start governing. And then after that, it's going to be like, can we fund the government's basic, you know, like the the funding the government's basic responsibilities is going to be a fight. They're every step of the way going to be unable to look like they are able to just like maintain the basic functions of government. 
Oh, and yeah. It was a Republican Congress who, like, sent us, you know, into default on our debt the last time. And, you know, Moody's exactly. downgraded our credit rating and everything. I mean, like, this Congress could 100% be capable of doing something that stupid. Yes, absolutely. And I think if if he is not, I mean, that's, I don't know why anyone would want that job. Because that, this is a lose-lose. But also, it's so crazy because aside from being an insurrectionist and having to worry about all of them being prosecuted, as far as I'm concerned, um, like there is, he shares literally nothing in terms of interests with any of the people that he shares ideology with at the moment. Yeah. The only people he should be catering to are the people that are the most concerned about this rules package, that are the most concerned about what he gave away in these negotiations and that have the most to lose for them. Those are the people, you know, Democrats spend all the time servicing their dumb frontline district members they they are willing to run as republicans as a party in order to keep those seats and the republicans don't seem to have that same approach but this would be the moment with this slim of a majority with this lame of a with with your presidential primary looking like it's going to be bananas with i mean with everything that's going on with them this would be the moment to cater to the frontline districts and that's really the only way to retain any sort of long game plan for their party. And I yeah. don't think that he has the vision or leadership or ability to do that. And I also think that he's been digging himself in deeper and deeper with those very people to the yeah, extent that there is an opportunity here for the Democrats to look like they're still leading, even though they're not. Yeah, They won't take that opportunity. Don't worry about it. They're going to fail because they love to. But they could potentially with stronger leadership, which I don't know that they'll ever find, um, find a way to look like they're the ones saving America through all of this. And yeah, that's where we are, you guys. Yeah. We already have certain House GOP members who are not conservative members saying that they're going to vote no on the rules package. We had them starting to announce that before Friday's vote even. So before there was even a speaker, because they were so concerned about what McCarthy was giving away. I'm curious to see whether that becomes a bigger movement. I know of at least yeah. one member who had announced it prior to even McCarthy's being elected. So excited to see what happens and also terrified but also i hope that the television continues to be as riveting i know because they really got to keep those cameras roaming around i saw a lot of people commenting on how similar it felt to parliament the british parliament and Uh that's all we've ever wanted as a people yeah i know i want people shut like there was at one point when McCarthy, like, you know, congratulated himself on the House floor just after he finally won the vote, a Democrat screamed, we don't have a rules package yet, baby, on the, oh, yeah, like, audibly right. into the C-SPAN mics. Didn't and somebody I was supposedly like, also say on your knees to him as he walked back to, um, mm-hmm. to Gates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there were so many great moments caught. But, like, that's what I, I want to see more of that. I know, same. In any case, that's the news this week. I mean, there's a lot of news this week, but we didn't cover yeah, the rest of it. that's all we're doing. Who cares? You know, (laughs) we don't have time. Um, We'll, but, you know, we'll be back on the scene. And this is when presidential candidates start to appear, you guys. So be vigilant. Because in the midst of all this congressional chaos, there are going to be exciting presidential campaign moments starting to percolate. Yep. So um, we will, we'll, we'll keep, we'll, we'll have, we'll have our eyes on it all and we'll let you know what happens. Right. One week after it happens. <laughs> As we do. As we do. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Bye.